0: Marner looking for Bertuzzi who scores!
1: And Tyler Bertuzzi has got the Leafs on the board. Nylander, a backhand shot, loose puck in front, they bag away out and they score! Red hot Tyler Bertuzzi has tied the game with his second goal! Nylander around back of the center in front, they score! have the lead best birthday you've had in hockey best birthday you've had in hockey uh in ho- hockey wise i would say so yeah yeah you know i feel good out there you know just trying to find little holes here and there and um, you know, obviously you saw tonight, they'll, they'll, they'll find you. Uh, you just gotta find the openings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even before tonight, you know, I was feeling good, um, you know, I thought I was making good plays and, uh, you know, just playing decent hockey. And, um, you know, tonight felt good. You know, that was a great road trip for us, you know, collecting eight points and you know, being able to go home uh, on that note is, uh, you know, was awesome. And boy, was it ever awesome welcome to the fan morning show matt marchese daniele franceschi we're here with you all week brent gunning and ben ennis on vacation and you know daniele watching that game on on saturday and seeing seeing tyler bertuzzi have a night like that firstly the fact that that was the first leaf ever to score a hat trick on their birthday i know it's kind of a random thing the fact that this team has been around for a hundred year, hundred plus years. The fact that that's never happened was maybe more shocking than the actual result on Saturday <laughs> night.
0: Yeah, Maybe possibly. I will say, are we in the, in the camp now that we can classify this as the red hot Tyler Bertuzzi? Like, is this the red hot? It was this <laughs> Joe okay. Bowen in this call on the second goal there.
1: Okay. Red
0: hot Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm like, okay, Joe, he's been, he's been playing great hockey as of late. No question. Is he red hot? I mean, Okay, the, the hat trick. It was it's the Tyler Bertuzzi game,
1: but red hot. Uh based on what we had seen the previous nineteen games where he didn't score before, you know, five games ago when he yeah. did, I think we could call this for Tyler Bertuzzi <laughs> this season, we can call this red hot. Okay. He, he has he's hit double digits he, now. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he has looked a lot better. And you know, when we when we talk about the importance of Tyler Bertuzzi his value is not necessarily mean. I don't want to say meaningful, but it's not necessarily important in the regular season where you're going to get the most out of Tyler Bertuzzi, where you're going to get your money's worth. Hopefully is in the playoffs. If he is that version
0: or some semblance of the version that you've seen as of late, let let alone Saturday. I mean, even if we take that out of the equation, the three goals, if you're getting that level of commitment and two-way play from Tyler Bertuzzi come playoff time, you're going to be very happy. And it's going to validate the contract that Bradtree Living handed him in the offseason. On July 1st, he was a priority signing for this team. It will validate that $5.5 million cap hit for one season if he shows up in, in Game 83 and beyond, he is very good. That's that's what we're looking at here. It's I, I'm with you. I don't think... This signing is going to be the the value of Tyler Bertuzzi will be proven based on what he does in the playoffs. It's not about what he's doing right now. You have to be peaking at the right time and, and sort of ramping yourself up to be in the best position come game 83. I think we're starting to see that from him. His game is in a really good place right now, but I had that. I mean, we briefly touched on it. You and I together on Friday when we talked a little bit about sort of the value of he and Domi and what they could bring in a playoff environment. I would agree that I think that is pretty much my prevailing sentiment. We're going to see what he is truly made of come playoff time. It's part of the reason he got five and a half million is for what he did in the playoffs last year with the Boston Bruins. It's, it's interesting. He has this hat trick. Um, and I I mean, it wasn't his first career hat trick, First, uh, it is bizarre that for a franchise with as esteemed history as the Toronto Maple Leafs, well, is the first on, time. Hold
1: on, esteemed. I don't know sorry, about that. Sorry, first, first fifty let's years say, okay, were esteemed. Okay, it's a
0: bit of a <laughs> 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 okay, it's a bit of a jaded history for this franchise. There's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. More downs recently than ups. A, a lot of lows in that regard. Um, but for a franchise that has been around as long as they have, to not have a player score hat trick on their birthday pretty interesting i was more fascinated with the fact this is his first multiple goal game never mind trick. multi-goal game since 2021 like since he was with the detroit Red Wings. And, he has consi- sco-
1: and he was consistently a point producer not necessarily well, he's a former the big thing is 30, goals. 30 goal scorer yeah.
0: right now how realistic was that um, maybe that was more of the anomaly of his career than what the norm actually is he's probably somewhere in between yeah the version that, that we've a lot seen too battle through injuries a yeah. ton. Like what is he as a player? I think that's an interesting question overall too, is what, well, what are the ex- what were the actual, what were the expectations that the franchise, the front office had for him when they actually signed him? Were they expecting the 30 goal version of him or are they expecting something maybe in between? Cause I think the reality is probably closer to what you've kind of seen than it is to that 30 goal version that
1: he was a few years ago. I-, I think, I think what they were expecting, maybe not to the same extent, but the performance that we saw in the playoffs with the Bruins. He was excellent for the Bruins. He was one of their better forwards, actually. And so I think that's... And and that is kind of the, the dangerous, slippery slope that you go down when you are a team with a player, a pending free agent that is coming off of a really good playoff that can get dicey because guys do perform in contract years. We've seen it across sports. It happens all the time. And so uh, not that Tyler Bertuzzi is necessarily that guy, because again, we've only seen him in the playoffs once. And the uh, the other time that we've seen him in the playoffs was in the AHL with Grand Rapids and he was really good. Other than that, he hasn't been there. So I think that is part and parcel. Um, the reason why they brought Tyler Bertuzzi in. he brings an element that, you know, not a lot of guys on this team have. Um let's hear from Tyler Bertuzzi and this is this is him on how this team has played over the course of this winning streak and and why now all of a sudden things are starting to click. Here's Tyler Bertuzzi. I think everyone's just buying in. Um you know, we're at a point in the season where um you know, we got to kind of turn things on and you know, have a winning mentality and um you know, take no games off and try and be as consistent as possible. Mm. It's it's so simple, but it's something that we had talked a lot about leading up to this streak was kind of what is this team, especially ahead of the trade deadline. I am a firm believer that players are the ones who determine whether trades are made or not. And not obviously they're not the ones making the trade, but they're the ones that give the general manager a reason to make a trade. And so the way that this team has played, you look at stylistically how they've done it, and and in the fashion that they've beaten some good teams, we can say what we want about Vegas missing uh, Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. Yes, those are massive, massive losses. But the Leafs are on the second half of a back to back. They travel, albeit it's not far from Arizona to Las Vegas, but they go in, they get a big win, they jump out to a huge lead early, and then they go into Colorado and. If we're being honest, a 2 nothing, they could have packed that in and they could have said, you know what, it's, it's, it's a road game, it's altitude, it's the last game on the trip. If they had lost that game 4-1, everybody would have went, you know what, that's kind of expected. But it went the other way and they came back and they won. That to me was super impressive. Um, I mean, they looked like a team and at times – you could see they really had to weather the storm because that Colorado Avalanche team is fast. Mm -hmm. They are the fastest team in the NHL based on advanced metrics of speed bursts of 20 miles per hour or more. They are the fastest team in the NHL. I thought that they didn't handle the speed well a lot of the time, but they were able to manage and change their game plan so that they didn't allow as many off-the-rush chances. Because we saw McKinnon make a great pass. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who scored that? Was that Lekkonen? Was
0: that the Lekkonen well, I mean, McKinnon had three dimes in that game. Well, the one on the two-on-one yeah, where he the, blew the, by Ryan. The Cogliano Barry. one, that's yeah. right,
1: that's right. So, I mean, they still managed to get that win. So that that, to me, was... Was impressive. What for you is the most impressive part of of maybe this entire road trip? Because we talk about buying in. Yeah. Yep. I mean, maybe that is the the crux of this argument that they've finally done that, and we see what happens when this team does that.
0: I think the most impressive aspect of this entire stretch, uh, the seven game heater that they've been on, which is it's crazy. I mean, it's it's one of the longest in franchise history, and uh, the longest of the Matthews Marner Nylander era it's it's the resolve that they've shown it's the it's the willingness to pick themselves up off the mat to galvanize and rally around something that being, I mean, crazy to think we could look back and say, well, you know, what was really the, the turning point or the in, major inflection point in the season is the Morgan Riley incident
1: oh, with Ridley. Who could have predicted like, that?
0: Like everybody's going to look back at that and, and potentially say, you know what? That's what really got this team going, sparked them and and took their game. They elevated their game to a whole different level. That could be it. But I think, you watch how they played on Saturday. The first time in the span of five games where they've allowed the first goal, they drop into a two nothing hole. It's it's as you put it, Maddie, they could have easily packed up and said, you know what? We've had a really, really strong run here. It was a, it it was a productive trip where we're going to finish three and one. Instead, they clamped down and said, no, you know what? We're going to bite down. We're going to, we're going to play a tough brand of hockey. Let's let's show how much resolve we have and that was a real character-building win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that is what sort of is, has typified the way they've played as of late. It's a more responsible, it's a it's a more a tenacious brand of hockey, and I think you're seeing it in the way that they're going about their business. And I also feel like, you know, we talk about Bertuzzi's hat trick, but if just overall... He had a really impressive game on both ends of the he ice. He was really like, good. Like how many defensive plays did he make in that game? Whether it was blocking shots or breaking up scoring opportunities. I mean, heck he, bre- the, the the sequence where he breaks a stick and, and sacrifices the body and this guy's limping off the ice and he's, and he ends up having a hat trick in the game. He's just like, God, like that's, that's what it's all about. Like yeah. that is, that's exactly what you want to see from a team that you think is capable of of winning not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you got to do that. You got to be willing to sacrifice in those moments. And and he made several of those plays. So I think that's really what kind of has typified their entire run up until this point, because it's been, it's been impressive. Um, you go into Colorado, a tough place to play. Like that team had won 13 of their last 14 at home, six straight there in that building. And you pick up a win. I think it tells you all you need to know about the way that the Leafs are playing right now.
1: Yeah. When you go into Colorado and beat a team like that, Mm, that's a cup contender on the other side 100%. of the ice there. They,
0: right. you beat the last two Stanley Cup winners in successive games. Yeah. Like that's I think that says something about you and, and the team that you have. Like that says something about your character. It's indicative of a group that for whatever reason finally maybe as Bertuzzi's, hey, everybody's pulling in the same direction and we're all kind of clicking. We understand roles. We're we're embracing our roles. There's a buy-in that he's talking about there. You can kind of see it. Like you can see it. The pro- it's not just the results, it's also the process. The process looks different than it did at the beginning of the season when they were winning pond hockey games, right? Like this is a team that's playing a more cohesive game right now.
1: Yeah, can't nobody'll give credit to the coach though either. He deserves credit. Yeah, sure he does. He deserves a ton of credit, man. Like
0: it I I've I said it when you and I were together on Friday. I think it's something like they, there are so many times over the last few years where things have gone completely off the rails for Sheldon Keith, And every time it gets close or you feel like maybe the conversation about his job is going to intensify the team responds.
1: Yeah. They like, like I think they like playing for him.
0: Th- maybe they realize they're like, Oh guys, we got to stop sandbagging it here. We got to wake <laughs> up a little bit on occasion because for, for whatever reason, it's like, There is maybe a a sense, whether it's implicit or explicit, I don't think they probably discuss it openly, but there is probably this implicit sense of insecurity within the locker room when they struggle a little bit and they know that conversation is percolating and, and there's pressure from up above. They're like, okay, we got to clamp down here. We got to yeah. do something. And, and he deserves credit for that too because it shows that they do actually like him and they enjoy playing for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, text lines open, 590, 590, whatever you would like to talk about. We're here. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter at Maddie mar 89 at Daniele underscore media. Uh, and on the text line, of course, this is a theme, Daniele. Mm-hmm. No location, no name. Oh, yes. I'm please stunned, include. I'm stunned by this. Uh, always include your name and location. Um, don't be faceless. Uh, it's already bad enough that you're texting us. Uh, so this is from, from uh, thou who shall be named or uh, remain nameless. Uh, so a cross check to an opponent's head is the turning point for the Leafs. It was a cross check oh, to the shoulder, which I will take to my grave and you can watch it um, again and again. And again, he does hit the head eventually, but the primary point of contact is the shoulder regardless, regardless. Yes. That was the turning point in the Leaf season right now. You cannot, you cannot say otherwise. They've been a different team. <laughs> They've been a different Drastically team. Drastically
0: different team. I, I uh, don't like, I, you know, we can celebrate all. Matthews has been steady as she goes all the way through. And his consistency with the goal scoring has been impressive. All this stuff. It's been fun. It's been fun but like these last seven games are probably the first time you look and you say, okay, I can, I can see, I can, I, can see exactly. yeah, I can see it. I can see it. We can't, we couldn't have said that before. Now I think you have a real conversation. That's why up until that seven game heater that they, that, you know, was spurt uh, spawned by that incident up until that point, I was just sitting there thinking, okay, I really am curious to see what the GM is going to do here. Like what does he actually think about this team? and we probably won't know until the trade deadline rolls around but i think now the conversation has shifted to like all right well they've shown that they probably merit your support in terms of augmenting the roster further in some capacity that's where i think the conversation has shifted as opposed to us sitting here being like well this team is kind of there we know they're probably going to be in the playoffs but they're maybe a wild card team maybe the third in the atlantic uh we haven't we're not fully confident in them like his actions were going to tell us a lot about how he interprets what the ceiling of this team is. Now I think that conversation is completely shifted in the opposite direction where he's got to do something to help this group right now.
1: Yeah. Um, before we move, I want to I get to one more clip before we move on because I want to talk about Morgan Riley in a mm-hmm. sec here. But this is the, uh, Mitch Marner talking about Tyler Bertuzzi, the night that he had on Saturday, and fitting in on the power play. We're talking about Sheldon Keefe and, you know, deserving credit. So many times this team specifically the coach keep, keeps going back to the well with the same lines and the same power play and all that and they've moved John Tavares off the power play they've moved Tyler Bertuzzi into that net front role which I think has made a massive massive difference for them um, but also it's it's changed John Tavares's game mm-hmm. as well Let, let's hear from Mitch Marner talking about Tyler Bertuzzi and uh, and his role on the Leafs power play You know, you knew he was due. Um, You know, I think the last couple weeks he's really been playing some great hockey, and um, that line between him, Willie, and Domes, you know, they move the puck very well, Um, they communicate very well, they've done a great job in the O zone and through all three zones. So, um, all three guys got a lot of skill, and they can make plays, and, you know, Burt's that guy that can get in the grimy areas, and he got rewarded for it tonight. How, why is he uh, fit in so well on, on the power play? You guys haven't missed a step with him in that spot. Well, I mean, I think he just fits in well because obviously he's still a very elite tipper. Um, you know, gets good sticks on uh, pucks. You know, he gets in kind of around that net. He's great at screening the goalie. I think, um, you know, obviously it's pretty tough to kind of be out there, I think, with uh, a couple of us because we always want the puck. We're trying to call for the puck. We want it. And, uh, you know, usually that middle guy doesn't have too much fun. He's just kind of skating around, trying to be in net front and, you know, get rebounds and tips and stuff like that. And. Um, you know, he's done a great job of just finding quiet ice, and you know, that's how he got rewarded for it. Uh, there's a couple of things that I like. <laughs> First of all, hockey player nicknames are the worst. Well, don't, I was going to say, don't, Domes. Okay. Jeez. Do you think that's a
0: universal thing in the locker room? They all call them Domes? I do. Or you think that, uh, I've I, been in, I I would not be surprised if Mitch is just like sitting there on, off the top of his dome. He's coming up like, ah, you know, domes was great tonight, you know? N- but I don't know if it's that,
1: or it's like, if your last name is Clark, you become Clarky all the time. Yeah, or it's you, always, it's, an, it's, oh, yeah. He, like it's 100%. They can't change it to domey, he's already domey, so I mean, it's do- domes. I'm, I'm shocked it wasn't domesy, but anyway, that's <laughs> besides the point. The other <laughs> thing that I, I like that he pointed out, which speaks to the John Tavares conversation a little bit, is mm-hmm. that. There's so much it's it's Nylander, it's Matthews, it's Marner. They all want the puck. And like you said, sometimes the guy in the middle of the ice, well, he's just kind of moving around. Tyler Bertuzzi is willing to do that and does it well. Not that John Tavares wasn't, because he was, but I think moving John Tavares to a different unit and managing his ice a little bit better has given him a totally different look here. Whether it be on the second power play unit, where he can be the guy that has the puck all the time, which is probably what he likes. The other thing is, is getting him off that line with Bertuzzi and Nylander changes how John Tavares is. When we look at, so if we break this down, if we look at the trio of Tavares, Nylander, and Bertuzzi, you say, okay, John Tavares, not the fastest skater in the world. will sometimes get in on the forecheck only because he kind of has to. Because Tyler Bertuzzi is maybe not fast enough to get there. And William Nylander is not always willing to get there. I know you (laughs) chuckle at that because you've you've talked about my favorite player, your 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 love affair with (laughs) William Neilander, my favorite hockey player. Yeah, but when you change that up a little bit, and you and you add and you put John Tavares with two other guys like Bobby McMahon and Nick Robertson, who are willing to go. Nick Robertson's game has changed. Mm -hmm. He has changed a lot since his first kind of go around. With the Leafs. How many go arounds? he's had he multiple. Multiple. But like <laughs> since the last one. Yes, and then he yeah, got yeah. hurt when he was playing with the Marlies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen a guy who is more willing to go to the dirty areas. He's more willing to hold on to the puck. He's allowing other guys to create space for themselves. And I think just having that speed, and then on the Bobby McMahon side, a guy who is willing to go in and get dirty in those in those corners, and you know, at net front, mm-hmm. all those things, it allows John Tavares to be kind of in the background a little bit, and it allows John Tavares to evolve. And in an, I don't want to say an advanced age because he's younger than I am, but the with the skating that has not, it's not going to improve at 34 years mm-hmm. old. It's it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So to put him with two guys that have a little bit more speed that are willing to go in like all the time on the forecheck, it allow it also is going to take away take some miles off of John Tavares as well physically.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think it's interesting. You know, it feels like he's being placed in a more insulated role um, in the sense that you're t- now he's. I mean, he's he's effectively a middle six guy. Um, no longer someone that you would say is interchangeable at the top end of your lineup as like, oh, we can play him with whoever and he can drive a line. I think that conversation is is gone. But I do think he slots in probably right where he should right now, uh, given his diminishing skill set. You know, I, I think what's, and actually I'm going to read a text here, because I thought I thought this was interesting, and it kind of points to this conversation a little bit. Anthony from Nobleton. Things turn around. Oh, wait,
1: wait, before we go any further. Go ahead. What yes. a great place. I grew up. Oh, there. Okay. It's such a all wonderful right. place. As a, as a, <laughs> producer Jeff Asperger is just shaking his head behind the glass. Okay. He's like, I knew that was coming.
0: All right. That's fine. All right. We'll give a shout out to Nobleton. I'm sure you know. I mean, Woodbridge will be fired up this morning.
1: If they turn <laughs> on, they hear a couple of
0: whops. <laughs> it's going to be great.
1: Uh, Anthony
0: from Nobleton. Things turned around once the third and fourth lines caught fire. He finally found the right combo. And the first and second line all of a sudden started to pull and yeah, the second and first line also started to pull together. I, I think that's part of it. I think, I think some of this is, okay, we know Sheldon Keefe is loves to tinker, right? He's not afraid to shuffle the deck, throw lines into a blender all the time, almost to a fault. But this feels like they've found something I agreed, yeah. that really feels comfortable, and it works, and these guys complement each other. And I think that speaks to, you know, and some of that requires, like, John Tavares, the captain of this team, to swallow his pride a little bit because he has. he's on the third line and he's no longer on the first power play unit. But that being said, it's clearly working and it's been in the better the best interest of the hockey team to have him be in more of that um insulated role where they manage his minutes a little bit better and he can still be the leader of a line but maybe it's just in a different capacity. Maybe your role is slightly different come playoff time. Maybe you are the guy that needs to be centering more of a checking line as opposed to a line that you're relying on for offense. And I think the Domi looks incredibly comfortable centering those two guys, Bertuzzi and Nylander. It seems to be working. They play off each other. Well, you talked about speed. They play off each other well using their speed. And I think, Nick Robertson, the way he's elevated his game, has changed everything, especially for that line, for that trio of guys. It's important that he brings the speed to that line. And that's what he has really, really done a better job of is trying to, although he's got a diminutive stature, trying to use more physicality paired with his speed to be more effective. And then, of course, McMahon's been kind of... He's been, he's been found gold, right? Bobby like,
1: liked out, baby.
0: He's been unbelievable. And, and he's been really, to be honest, since we saw him set foot on a national hockey league, I surface last year, he's had moments where he's looked good. Like he fits. It's just now he's, I think finally getting an extended opportunity. Yeah. Either. He was
1: also snake bitten at the beginning of his 100%. career. That, like he had chance, he had goals disallowed. He had chances. And you're like, Oh my God, is this guy ever going to score? And it's, I mean, again, he has he scored twenty one goals in thirty AHL games He's, last year. I, he can I,
0: score. I remember going to a Marley's game last year where he, I think he had a hat trick or something, either two goals or a hat trick. It was it was an impressive game. And I'm like, man, this guy, this guy is making it look easy. Like he was out there playing first line minutes at the time. He was playing alongside Pontus Holmberg, and I remember Pontus, like you know, and I and I'm hey, I'm all for Pontus. I love the Pontus propaganda. I'm all for it, but. It was like Bobby McMahon was on a different planet compared to Pontus Holmberg. And I say that respectfully. Cause I think they're both NHLers, but I was like, this guy's, this guy can play mm-hmm. like he can play in the NHL. He's doing like the way he's leaning on guys with his physicality. He was finishing obviously in that particular instance, that game, I went to see, he was finishing. He had either, I can't remember if it was a hat trick or two goal game, but it was really impressive. And I, and I just thought, you know what? he's a guy that if he finally gets the right opportunity and is playing with the right line mates, I think he can stick. I really believe that. And sure enough, it's funny that his opportunity came from guys being under the weather because he wasn't supposed to be playing for this team he wouldn't have had this run, this opportunity to get back in there. Sure enough, you make the most of what, what opportunity you're given. And here he is. He's now become a staple for this team on a line with John Tavares. That has been very effective since they've been together.
1: They're also going to get Kelly Yarncroft back. At and that's going to
0: change something. We'll see where, I, I, where that goes. He's got to play on the fourth line,
1: unless unless somebody so, goes so into Ryan a skit.
0: Reeves comes out. Then is that what we're saying?
1: Yeah, or I'm fine with that. Well, he was mean, he was actually pretty good. Well, I was just saying because the
0: fourth line looked pretty decent, and yeah. they have looked decent as but, of late.
1: But I think it also is opponent dependent as well. Like, do yes, you need a little fair. bit of speed? Which I was, which is why I was kind of surprised that Ryan Reeves played on Saturday and not Noah Gregor. I figured in a game against Colorado, who's very fast, as we mentioned, I thought that that's what was going to happen, and they played him, and he played well, and he played well. So, and that fourth line is creating chances. Like oh, I, yeah. I have no, they were issue buzzing. But you know what the Leafs have now? It's interesting, a thing called depth up front, <laughs> which they have really struggled with over the past couple of years. Okay, I wanted to to talk about Morgan Riley a little bit yes, because yes. Good point. there were so many people that were um, hesitant to talk about morgan riley because they're like well look at the team's 5-0 and without him and they were 14-3 without him last year it's like okay but he's still your best defenseman mm-hmm. talent wise he's still your best defenseman and they do still need to find somebody to play with him we saw some of morgan riley's best hockey when luke shen was playing with him last year in the playoffs especially in that first round series against tampa he was fantastic i had an observation
0: watching that game on saturday
1: but We should play the clip. Then I'll
0: offer my observation of what I saw. So
1: so let's... This is Morgan Riley talking about being nervous rejoining the team. I was definitely nervous about coming in... uh because the team was rolling, uh, so that was a little nerve-wracking. So I'm grateful we got two wins. Um, but you're just trying to find your game again. You're just trying to get back into a rhythm. You know, it's not as easy as it seems. Uh, but after a game or two, and then you know, go home have practice day. Um, you know, I expect to be back and you know, playing like my usual self. And, um, but the, I mean, the guys have been great. You know, very supportive. And, um, you know, obviously without me, they were they were playing outstanding. So I'm just trying not to you know upset the apple cart. I want to know who's closing the cupboards like my daughter does at uh, like seven road. o'clock in the morning. Like, what is wrong with these Having people? cut
0: um, several post game <laughs> scrums and availabilities for the Toronto Maple Leafs over the years, anytime they're on the road, it is the worst. Because they're all trying to get the yeah, heck out of it. Yeah, it's there. a disaster. You got the equipment staff behind, but then also, like, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, obviously at home, I guess maybe the setup is better and, like, the, even the reporters and and the media outlets are are better prepared, but when they go into a road environment, it's like they forget everything. Like the audio doesn't work the same. You get all this ambient noise. You never you can't hear the guys speak. Sometimes it's completely drowned out, so it's unusable. God, but yes, it's all the time. That's frequently the case with when it comes to cutting these road uh, games.
1: On um, Morgan Riley now. On, on Morgan, <laughs> that's sorry, I'm No, that's I my had bad. One, I had
0: one thought. I had one thought actually yeah, yeah. from the game said, I'm like watching. I'm so I'm looking at you know, watching the game, whatever. I'm like, you know, it'd be a great fit alongside Morgan Riley. Like Josh Manson is the type of player you want to see alongside Morgan, Riley. Like, that's the kind of guy, like he really, I'm watching. I'm like, God, he's just like, he's quiet. He does everything the right way. He has a bit of a physical edge to him. He's a right shot defense, but I'm just watching and I'm And I'm like, that's the kind of player that you'd like to see alongside of Morgan Riley and really throughout his entire tenure, I'm trying to think, well, who who has Morgan Riley had as a dependable, reliable partner alongside him?
1: I mean, it's been a revolving door.
0: It has been, but even that beyond that, it's like, well, the most consistent guy that we've probably seen fulfill that role was Luke Shen for a
1: two month span. Well hold on, hold on. It was it was TJ Brody before he could stop being able to play the right side. Which I don't know when that happened because well, that was the reason why they brought aging, him in. Man.
0: He's he's it's getting up there a little bit. His game has diminished. Slightly. Did, he,
1: did he forget which side of the ice yeah, he plays on? No, like what is happening? here? I don't know.
0: Here? I'm just saying he's not the same player that he was when of they first signed. Of course him. So he's not. So I think not. that's part of the equation and and it factors in for sure. Like it's a different that's a that's a different task he's being asked to do uh when playing alongside Morgan Riley compared to like, you know, he's been with Lilligren obviously as of late. I think it's just a different it's just a just a different assignment for him.
1: You're not going to sell me on the on any defenseman who can't play either side of the ice. I'm not Oh no, I'm not. That drives hey, me insane.
0: That's not what I'm disputing. I'm just saying I don't he's a different player than he was when they first signed him what 2 3 years ago. And as such, I think He's not in a position where he should be relied upon to anchor a top pairing on a on a blue line that you have aspirations of potentially getting you deep into the playoffs. That's just how I interpret what he is now. Can't say he can't be a good top four defenseman. Not at all.
1: But I don't think when he's but playing. But he's closer to a four than he is a two. No question.
0: Yeah. No question. Yeah. But that really stood out to me. I was just like watching Josh Manson and and, uh, and the way he was playing and I'm like, ah.
1: You're not a big William Langison guy. (laughs) Cause I'll tell you I'm not, I I will say, uh, and we got to take a break, but I will say when I saw Morgan Riley get burned by Nathan McKinnon, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see what people are going to say online about that. Cause everybody gets burned by Nathan McKinnon. That's the other thing that game was so entertaining. It was a fun hockey game mm-hmm. to watch. And for those that don't stay up and watch Nathan McKinnon, I would imagine oh. that you're going to probably try and do so a little bit more often. Because so he's good. unbelievable. So, he's so, so good. That's good. why uh,
0: he's in the MVP mix, man. 100%. That's why he's in the conversation.
1: Remember when some people thought he was a bust? <laughs> Cold takes exposed. Uh, we're going to take a break. Actually, more Leaf Talk uh, coming up in the next hour. Gord Stellick will join us. And then in the third hour, we'll be joined by Frank Cervalli. So lots of Leaf Talk coming up. But when we come back... Toronto Blue Jays kicked off Grapefruit League action. Not pretty. But that spring training oh, it in felt general. Great, it's not pretty. God, it felt great, Matty. He really liked the uh, Yasra Zulueta getting absolutely rocked give by a, the Phillies. You know what? Yeah.
0: Doesn't matter. Baseball's back, it's baby. just awesome to see them out there in the sun shining and the music playing. Whoa, it
1: was great. Uh, while we're sitting here freezing our asses off in Toronto. <laughs> uh all right, we're gonna take a break. Uh Jays, when we come back. This is the fan morning show on SportsNet five ninety the fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Morning Show on Sportsnet 590, the fan I are talking about Alejandro Kirk, and and that is of all the things that we saw because there was a lot of bad on the weekend. I know you I can to focus on can, the good. You can wax poetic about how wonderful it looked it was that wonderful. it was all sunny and there was baseball. Back. Yeah, I'll be the I'll I'll be the negative guy here.
0: Come on, you can't tell me you got some level of enjoyment and satisfaction at 1 p.m. on Saturday when you know the the pre-roll starts, the intro comes on for Sportsnet, and here's the da na I, it got me, got me going. I felt, I felt great. Like, yeah, it's and you know, it's sad because we're still, I guess. I mean, well, actually, it's not that far. It's like four weeks away technically from opening day,
1: which means we have a lot of bad baseball to watch until then.
0: Yeah, but you don't have to in in you don't have to consume all of it. Oh,
1: I was like four innings yesterday, and I'm like, we, no, same. We we gone? I, I
0: totally. I was in the same boat, you know, because you, I want to see some of the starters. I want to see some of the. I want to see so see some of the regulars. I, I, I'm good to see the some of the prospects here and sure. there. But once we get into you know some. Some guy that is probably not going to pitch higher than single A this year. I, I'm, I'll i move on. I'm fine with that. However, it's the aesthetic of it all that makes me excited because I flip it on on Saturday. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, we're healing. We're feel it's good. I can feel optimistic about something, even though the Jays did nothing in the off season for the most part. I can at least look and say, well, I'm starting to like what I'm saying. And then kirky homers yesterday, and you're thinking, okay, here we go, because. Actually, you know, and I hope we can have this exercise where we go through and kind of power rank our most important yeah. players yeah, I, I, think that, I think I think that's going to be i think it's interesting to to kind of look at it I'm sure we'll have different differing views on on sort of the pecking order in terms of what we we deem to be most important um But Kirk, to me, is right up there as part of this equation in terms of his level of importance to the potential success of this team. This is a guy that was an all-star a couple years ago, hit in the middle of their order consistently two seasons ago as part of a team that made the playoffs. And last year completely fell off a cliff. And I also I find it funny how like the whole narrative last year and even coming into camp, even you heard John Schneider talk about is, well, Kirky showed up and is ready to roll. And I'm like, as opposed to what? Because he showed up a month late last year. Just, like, I understand he never was able to get off the ground. Like, yeah. I, like, his season just felt like it was this, a, a recurring cycle of inconsistency. And, and him ground just, balls. Well, all <laughs> the time. Couldn't balls. get off the ground, literally. But that's, he's not the only one. There were a lot of guys that couldn't yeah. get off the ground.
1: So, here, so here's what I, I will pose this question, and then I will, I will take this in a different direction. Um, how long have you been working here for? Uh be five years in April. So that, that's why you still like spring training baseball.
0: Uh sure. Okay.
1: though shaking Maybe. his head behind the glass. Because though has been here longer than I have. I've been here twelve years. I don't like spring training baseball. Just give me the season. He's he's you know, he's talking behind the glass. Is he? To and he's talking so only Josh, our, <laughs> our technical <laughs> operator, can hear him? He's not talking in my ear. Shocking. He's like the faceless, nameless texters that text him okay, all but the time.
0: I'm not saying I'm not saying I I enjoy you all You enjoy the
1: first 30, four innings.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. But what's wrong with that? No, there's nothing. You know, what, you know what did put a damper on things too? Because we even talked about it briefly on Friday. It was like Ricky Tatum is supposed yeah, to make the
1: start, man. That's something I was actually looking and, forward to. And it's to. like,
0: yeah, we're okay. No, I I'm I agree. I'm looking forward to that. I'm eager to see how he looks. Apparently, and everybody's waxing poetic down there about how great he looks and He's in he's in peak physical condition and he's throwing hard and and then you had people like talking about well maybe one day he's going to convert into a back end reliever that's sort of maybe the ceiling for this guy like closer potential and all this stuff if it doesn't work out as a starter and then we finish our show on Friday and morning he's not and like ten minutes later it was just like well he's not pitching he's already he's already dealing with some kind of injury um, hopefully it's obviously something that he can work through he's day to day from my understanding. But that was the only thing that really kind of was a bit of a letdown because I was eager to see it. You know what though? Chad Dallas started that game. And I know people will be like, Chad Dallas, who the heck is that guy? He's 23 years old, Maddie. This guy's got some stuff, man. Yeah, and it good. was funny. Buck Martinez was uh was on Blair and Barker last week. And they they kind of, you know, they kind of dismissed it a little bit too. But he was like they asked him, hey, Buck, is there a guy that you're like a pitcher that you're kind of really looking forward to seeing that you think has some stuff? He's like Chad Dallas, and I'm like Chad Dallas. Literally, you watch him, you see how he pitched on Saturday. You'd be like, okay, yes, I could see. He's 23 years old. He's a guy that's in the system. Somebody that maybe ends up being a trade chip for all we know. But it is something. It is something. So um, it wasn't all bad on Saturday, despite not having Tiedemann on the mound.
1: Fourth rounder in uh, 2021, and he. You know what he sounds? Chad Dallas sounds like the name of a closer. Yeah. To me, that's just I. I see Chad Dallas coming in. <laughs> To some ridiculous theme, maybe it's the Dallas theme. I don't know, I love it, but yeah. yeah, that's where I can see. Now, you know, we saw some not so great stuff. Uh, Nate Pearson, not Always great. Bad. Uh, Yosper Zulueta, who a lot of people were clamoring to have called up last year from Buffalo, he was not very good. Uh, Bowdoin Francis struggled in the first inning yesterday. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna get too far into the weeds, it's the first couple of games of mm-hmm. spring training. like... These guys are these guys are working on things. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily going out and throwing what they want. Um, but from the other side, where you remember we talked about last week when we were on together about the Yankees and and what this team looks like, and Carlos Rodon looked better than he did last year. Granted, mm-hmm. he. He pitched around some trouble. Not hard for him to be better than he was last year. Yeah, it's, he was yeah, very the, bad. The bar was very low. <laughs> he
0: was hurt, and he was very bad.
1: Um, and that and that game yesterday, that was a very strong Yankees lineup. Oh god, that was Mark. as close to the starting lineup as you're going to see. Soto's homer was outrageous. Did you Did you not get like Did you not shed a little bit of a tear being like, they missed out on Otani, and they put all their effort into trying to bring in Otani and. They didn't focus any attention on Soto, and now you're looking to go. Ah, that guy would look really good in the outfield right no, now. He would look really good. He, <laughs> he also good looks in like every he's sort outfield, of made for
0: pinstripes, though. Gotta admit, that guy in that uniform, for whatever reason, it just it seems, it works. Like um, he looks the part.
1: Well, the, he looks like a Yankee. The Mets don't think so because apparently they're going to be heavy <laughs> yeah, into Juan Soto if he does not sign yeah. an extension in New York. I can't see unless they throw unless they throw the Brinks truck at him, Yeah,
0: but why would, if you're Juan Soto, why wouldn't you sign with the Yankees?
1: But if you're Juan Soto... Let's say you go
0: out, you have 30... You, you, again, you do what you're supposed to do, which is be Juan Soto and hit 30 to 35 homers, driving in 100-plus runs, playing in a more hitter-friendly ballpark, uh, be a part of team success, and then they'll, they're going to pay you. Like, the Yankees are not going to be outbid.
1: But, but well...
0: They're the, not going to be up in.
1: The thing is, though, is we've seen them curb their spending a little bit. Now, for a player like this, I mean, this is an entire— judge.
0: They did go and say, we're going to do whatever is necessary
1: yes, to keep Aaron Judge. I, I agree with that. But it's not like it was five years ago or ten years ago where I was like, oh. Not like—the like, like the perception of the Yankees for the longest sure. time is what we thought of what the Dodgers do now. Yes, yes. that's and that sure. And that, to me, is not— we're not having that same conversation about the Yankees anymore. Not since, not since George Steinbrenner died. Yes, like no, that's that, fair. It's a totally yep. different thing. Yeah, so Powell's not the same. Yep. But but here's the other thing: if you're Juan Soto and you're having this type of year, don't you just go to free agency and be like, somebody give me five hundred million dollars? And if it's the Yankees, great. But if it's not, somebody else is going to do it. Yes, and will. that's why the Mets feel like they're in a position where. Here, we'll just five hundred million, find out in the Steve Cohen, you find know, it in
0: the coach. What's interesting about that is they kind of went through that experiment recently though. And I wonder if because of the failure with you know, they spent a ton of money on Lindor. Um, they spent obviously on Scherzer and Verlander and they've they've tried. They tried to just say, you know what, back up the Brinks truck, we'll pay for whoever. Let's try and buy ourselves a championship. And it doesn't work. And it didn't work for them. So I think they're gonna be a little. This is
1: a different player, though. It is a different player.
0: But I do think they will be actually more cautious in that regard. I don't think it's gonna be as simple as we, you write, here's a blank check. Write the number on it. We'll give you whatever. I, I don't think that's the case. I also think the Yankees are in, are still going to be able to flex their financial muscle. And if they really want, like Soto will go to the market. No question. I, I agree with you on that point. He will 100% go to market because that is the best. It's in his best interest to go out there and yeah. see what other teams will throw his way. But if the Yankees are really motivated to keep him, I do don't necessarily see the scenario where they can't keep him because I think they'll be able to match whatever offers on the table. If he is that kind of player for them this year, I just can't see a scenario where they're like, "Yeah, you know what? We're not going to be willing to match whether it's four hundred and fifty, five hundred, whatever, to match that type of offer
1: yeah. to keep him in pinstripes." Um, okay, so aside. Okay, so we'll keep it on the Jays here for yeah, one yeah. second. God, that was. I love it. Baseball. See, this is why I love baseball, Maddie. God, it's great. But you love baseball, but this has a different angle to it. So, for those that don't know, so Tim Meza. oh, um, what a story! Relief pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, as we do know, uh, he finished last in the Blue Jays fantasy football league. Um, and uh, he he went four and ten. Yep. Yeah. He ended up having to be the ball boy for a few innings, and where. Oh, sorry. He went from first to last. So that's that that's never, right. Yeah, yeah. Went from first to last. That's a long tumble. That is a long tumble. Uh, he had to wear a jersey with his fantasy football record on the back and be the bat boy for a, a few innings. That yeah. was his punishment. That is one of the most creative punishments that I have seen. And now, I mean, at the end of the day, they're baseball players, so they have this. Um, I feel like you were involved. Not you personally. Oh, I've got but... plenty
0: of great punishments from okay. our league. Oh, Maddie,
1: I, I'd love oh, to hear. What's your favorite we're one? We're so
0: inventive, man. I got to tell you, we are so inventive. The one, Our most recent one went viral online. I did see this
1: one. This okay? is great.
0: Went viral online. This is our most recent one. And it was actually, it was long overdue. He, um, I, our, a fr- I mean, he's an employee here, a colleague of ours, Usama Farouk, who he finished last in our fantasy football league. Not this this current season, but the one prior. So 2022, it's funny about that is Usama went from being last to winning the league this year. He beat me in the so final. He still had to, so of course still had to do so his he had to pay, he had to pay his, uh, his pay penance, piper. right. Yep. And he goes, so our punishment was he had to dress up in a lion costume and <laughs> we had to hunt him in paintball. And it was, <laughs> it went viral and the clip is terrific. And it's just him running. Now we go into this to give you some perspective. So we, um, he he arranged it all. Credit to him. Like he took leadership and ownership of it, or booked all booked out the the time for us and whatever. We arrange it all. We get to the paintball place and we say, okay, so this is what we're planning. To, we want to do at least to start. Like we want to be able to do this. So we go in and there's are always the referee, and we're explaining to the referee, and the refs like he's like, yeah, okay, okay, and and he's like, so you guys want to do a, you you want to do a birthday run? And we're like, birthday run. Cause yeah, it's like we do this all the time. It's basically like. Everybody lines up. You could spread out across the four. And there's one guy. who's usually for birthday parties. The birthday person, uh, whoever's celebrating, has to run from one end of the of the um, of the entire. I was going to say map of the. Uh,
1: You've been uh, playing a lot of Call of Duty. He, he,
0: I don't play Call of Duty. <laughs> he has to run from one side of the of the paintball ground to the other, and you just everybody gets to pepper him with as many paintballs oh, as possible. Oh man. So we're like, yeah, it's great. Everybody lines up, right? This is spread out on one side, and he has to run. Poor Usama ran from one wall to the other, to the opposite, and all you hear is him just hollering. Oh, it was hilarious. He's just losing, and he's trying to go as fast as he can, right? Because once it starts hitting him, he's like, oh. And he gets to the other end, and we have to wait a good 20, 30 seconds, and he's just like, oh, you hear, oh, Oh my God. And he's just down and he's in pain. And then he did it. He went back the other way too. And for, it was great
1: for those that have never been hit with a paintball. It hurts. It does hurt. It, and to be pelted like that, where you are oh. literally a target. I can't, I can't imagine that he was not covered in welts after that.
0: He, he was paintball suit was looked like the, the tiger suit <laughs> line costume was hilarious. It was just completely drenched in paint. We had, and it was a great time. Like afterwards we played games, or whatever. and, one of my favorite, there was another friend of mine. So, you know, a lot of us, we probably paintballed when we were younger. You know, you have your your experience of going out and paintballing with your friends when you're in elementary school, high school, whatever. And so it had been a long time. And there's one of our guys in our league, and I, I love it. He got hit for the first time in all you hear, he Every time he would get hit, he just laughed. You hear, oh, yeah. And he just starts laughing. And I'm just like. That is the best reaction because everybody else is, is he scared. A, is he
1: psychotic? Like, uh, that doesn't man, feel good.
0: It was hilarious. Um, but we've had our punishment this year. Last thing on this punishment this year um, is last place finisher will be going on a bus to Sudbury with no technology for one day. Has to go. Only thing they have is a disposable camera.
1: <laughs> oh, I would be doing everything in my power to not finish last. No disrespect to oh, we but that's a
0: long way. We've done the famous, like, you know, pancake Denny's breakfast thing where you have to go sit there for 24 hours and you knock off an hour for every pancake that you eat. We've done that a couple times. Uh, have you ever lost? I have never finished last. I have never, fortunately, never finished last. I've only missed the playoffs once. So, never finished last.
1: If you, oh, yeah. yeah. If you have any creative uh, fantasy football um, punishments, please text us 590, 590. Because I don't know if you're going to beat Danielle's, but I've seen the, I've definitely seen the 24 hour and like, you know, they did Waffle House or yep. IHOP Denny's, whatever, um, which makes me really hungry right now. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm not used to not eating at this point. But I mean, I don't think I've ever e- even had one. I don't know if, if any of the leagues, I, I'm also in a lot of leagues where guys are kind of scattered all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's one where, you know the loser has to pay for the you know the trophy to be shipped. Woohoo! Big deal. Um, but yeah, no, like nothing like that. I remember seeing that the video go viral, and I was like, I've seen that video somewhere. Oh yeah. And I remember I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Danielle's. It went late.
0: nuts, man. And we and we even have like if you finish last, you're presented. You know, so we do our our ceremonies before the draft and whatever. And we we present the winner with our with the trophy um and we all if you win the league you get to pick a jersey for the player for one of the players on your team from the season before so we do that we also have a ceremony for the loser <laughs> so we actually have like a whole um whole thing a whole presentation of how it goes um it's pretty interesting and, and I I do admire the creativity for Tim Mays. I feel bad because like that's the he's the honorary the inaugural um loot like Loser in that league in the sense that there had never been a punishment for and any now. of the guys and he goes from first to worst and Danny Jansen went from worst to first in that league. <laughs> so and and this was the first time they had any type of punishment for, for finishing in last place
1: as someone who used to host the fantasy show on this radio station and others. Um, I know how fickle fantasy football can be. <laughs> um, I've definitely been there. Um Wow. That's a great punishment, dude. I mean, <laughs> between yours and Tim Maze's, and Tim Meza That's was awesome. Tim Maze was hustling.
0: Oh, he was working
1: three he innings,
0: was, three innings. He, he was, was out there hustling. for three innings. Yeah, good,
1: good for him. Uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna chat uh, a little bit with Gord Sports uh, Sportsnet five ninety The Fan Leafs analyst and co host of the Morning Skate on NHL Network Radio. He's also the co author of the book Revival: The Chaotic, Colorful Journey of the 1977-78 Toronto Maple Leafs with Damian Cox. I'll uh, we'll talk about the Leafs. Talk about Tyler Bertuzzi and. Mm-hmm. And kind of really hone in on what the expectations were, how he's performed, and also um, what moving around Tyler Bertuzzi and some of these lines has done for John Tavares. That and so much more when we come back. This is the Fan Morning Show. Matt Marchese, Daniele Franceschi, and you're listening right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.